Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Meet the ultimate challenge fight, Mike Tyson. to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sam. I'm Joe. And I'm Sean. And today we're talking about, if you haven't guessed it from the double intro, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Guys, what do we know about Mike Tyson? I feel like we've learned a lot recently by playing the game. Um, you know, I know that he was a very controversial uh, boxing man uh, who... Threatened to eat people's children. And eventually, she, like, ate someone's ear. ear eats yeah, ears. Yeah, ear. Uh, stars in the Hangover. That's, I feel like that's how I know him the best. Because yeah. I had never watched boxing or anything, but I did watch The Hangover a lot when it came out. Yeah, and he, mm. was, he was a big deal. And what's interesting is Nintendo signed Mike Tyson to this deal before he even became, like, the world boxing champion. So that was a good get for them, I guess. They just said, uh, I think it was someone from Nintendo of America went to a boxing fight, saw Mike Tyson, and was like, this guy's a big him. deal. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> deal. Like, let's get him a contract. And then they signed him, and six months later, he became the world boxing champion. So good get for Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right to say that he's a controversial figure now. But at the time, he yeah. was the biggest deal in sports. I mean, you had Jordan in basketball. You had Gretzky on the ice. Uh, who's, like, the baseball What equivalent? game is on ice? Ken Griffey, I Ken guess. Ken Griffey is all I was going to say. Wait, were you saying King Griffey on ice? No, no, no. Yeah. What's the sport? The Ooh, I like, oh, what's the sport on ice? That's yeah. hockey? Oh, yes. We haven't gotten a hockey game yet I know, I'm on the NES. I so that, Is that, was that I... what you were alluding to? No, I just wanted to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, was there any football equivalent to those other sports? Was I there... guess like Bo, but I don't But think... he was also the baseball guy, right? I guess he was also baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Jim Kelly. <laughs> Jim <laughs> Kelly. Specifically and only Jim Kelly. Shout out Buffalo. And Thurman Thomas. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. To get back to Mike Tyson. So this is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. There was Punch-Out on the arcade, which was just Punch-Out. Then it becomes Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Then it goes back to being just Punch-Out. But that's not because of anything that Mike Tyson did. Uh, he was in jail around that <laughs> around, like a couple years later. But the contract had just ended, so they had to go back to calling it just Punch-Out. They weren't going to, now that he's the world boxing champion and such a big deal, they're not going to give him a huge sum of money to keep the license yeah. around. So they just said, well, what if we just change Mike Tyson to Mr. Dream? Yeah, Redacted's Punch-Out. Yep. So had any of you guys played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out before this record? It's weird because this... Well, before this record, yes. <laughs> that was a trick question. I, you know. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> no, it's weird because this is like one of those games where it's like, I, I, of course I know about it, but I just always assumed it's it's one of those games that everyone has this crazy nostalgia for, but doesn't really hold up. Um, so this was the first time I've played it, and I was pleasantly surprised that it was not quite what I was thinking it was where it's yeah, not well, just you know, a that's the thing with the game. NES games a is a game. lot of them as as Sam would say they're janky you know it's like they used to be good games but now over time they just haven't quite yeah. matured yeah but this one feels pretty good would yeah. you guys agree for sure this was my first time playing any punch out game so it was kind of it, it was weird because it was new but it was also exactly what I expected huh okay. yeah and Joe? I, I would say that uh, yeah, Punch-Out was always just a game that sort of in the same mold as um, uh, what was the game that was in that we have already played. 
Uh, Ringking? No. Uh, the game that was featured in Back to the Future. Oh, uh, uh, Hogan's Alley. Okay, no. Uh, the other one. Ur- uh, Urban Champion? <laughs> the the Western one. Western oh, one. wow, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of Hogan's home? Alley. Uh, yeah, you're thinking of... Um, uh, shoot, we did a whole podcast. Did, yeah. <laughs> Wild Gunman? Wild yeah. Gunman. In the same mold as Wild Gunman, it's just the iconography and the imagery of the game are are plastered into our cultural mind because we've seen that movie and we've seen it played in other places, but it was a game I never played. That was sort of what Punch-Out was to me. I just knew the wireframe for Super Punch-Out. Um, I had played Super Punch-Out very briefly before this one, uh, only because I have an, a Super NES classic. Um, and we all know Little Mac from Super from Smash, Smash Bros. Yes. Yeah. yeah, which I, is an interesting take. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, this is my first time playing the original. Yeah. And, and so I mentioned Punch-Out! started as an arcade game. Uh, Genyo Takata produced that. Miyamoto actually designed the characters, including Little Mac, although in the arcade version, Little Mac is a wireframe character. He's not a small little guy, so I guess you can't even call him Little Mac. They don't they don't call him that in the arcade game. Mecha-Mac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wire-Mac. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. But also, there's like a split-screen version, or the only version of the arcade game, it plays on two separate TVs. So there's your TV that you look at where all the boxing match is happening, and then there's another TV above that where all the stats and the meters are. And it's, it's kind of interesting that they could, you know, it's almost like a DS look yeah. to it, where there's a top and Dual bottom screen. screen. So if, if you wanted to play that, you know, on, on MAME or something, you would need to turn your monitor, like, vertically. Interesting. Which, is, yeah, is not many games have that going for them outside of shmups. A lot yeah. of shmups do vertical, but... Oh, yeah. So uh, Takata ha- was known for Popeye and Star Tropics, but this game is something that he produced before it ever got big on the NES. Is Star Tropics a game that comes out in North America? Yes. And it only comes out in North America. I think that's right, but I remember. I, I, okay. I think it came out in Europe, too, to be okay. honest. Uh, but the arcade version uh, has Little Mac as a wireframe character, and he's unnamed, and Koji Kondo uh, did all the music for ah, the game. So that's pretty cool, but it's also his first game as a composer. So we've already been introduced to him through Legend of Zelda and Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers, but Punch-Out! was where he got his start. Sam, any music thoughts on this game? Music is good in this game. I'm a big fan. Joe? It gives you, like, it's really just the one track while you're fighting, <laughs> but it gives you, like, an on-the-edge-of-your-seat sort of feel. It, it really it's gives good. you yeah. attention. It's, it's some pump-up music, for sure. Yeah. And uh, this was a Nintendo R&D 3 joint, which we don't really ever talk about them too much. It's usually R&D 1 or R&D 4. So for R&D 3 to come in here and hit something is is interesting. Their primary, their primary responsibilities were for technical hardware and design. So I guess that's how the punch out. It just seems like, oh, if you're going to develop this thing for two TVs, might as well have the R&D 3 division do the hardware and the software part of it. So there's that, but more importantly, R&D 3 was also credited with the creation of the backup memory battery to oh. save NES games. Obviously, the first implementation of that being The Legend of Zelda, which yeah. we just played a few podcasts ago. So so did this game have that for saving records? Or it, was it, it did based? not. It did not. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think that's interesting because it came out in the United States after Zelda, yeah. but they I just chose not to include a battery on it. Yeah. But the password system's pretty Yeah, pretty I think, good. I, I think it's because well. there's not too much for it to remember. It's either where were you in the... And what's your record? Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. not like there's... Whereas Crazy. Metroid had a very long password that you mm-hmm, had to right. fill in each time, and that was mm-hmm. a little tedious. Yeah, you don't have like an inventory or anything that it needs to remember or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that. We haven't played it, but I know Castlevania Two has one of the longest ever. Oh no! It just, yeah, it's it's like 
something like 30 characters <laughs> <laughs> so okay so that's that on the on the arcade game we are not here to talk about the arcade game we're here to talk about the nes game i figured we'd do a little tales from the manual section here just to kind of give the story you play as little mac he was born in the bronx uh which is in new york city for those that don't know 17 years old 107 pounds who let this kid in the ring <laughs> <laughs> you commented on this earlier, Sean, about how you know he's fighting Piston Honda in there, and that guy is just, just this mammoth of a man. <laughs> and then you have this hundred seven pound little boy in the ring, and the ref's he's like, "He's not even normal. eighteen yet." <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Mike, that I don't think I told you that that might have been Joe. Oh, okay. But um, I it's just that whole idea of kids like you. Like this kid's just like you. Yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah. an underdog story. Yeah, because really most of the of the enemies, not all of them, but most of them are at least at more than twice your size. Right? <laughs> like you're as big as their feet. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, but I'll go ahead and spoil it. That was obviously done because they couldn't recreate the wireframe mm-hmm. in the NES version, so they made him small so that this way there was a way to see what your opponent was doing without blo- like that's the whole uh, reason he was wireframe in the arcade so version. You could see through him. So, so in the, the arcade, arcade version through. was he he was like an appropriately sized appropriately person. Appropriately sized oh, person. Okay. Yes. And so in this one they make him very small so this way it's I I like the theory that he's you. Yeah. If you're yeah. small, yeah. you're a kid. Yeah. You could beat uh <laughs> King. Yeah. <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah so in this one he's he's just small and i like that they use that as a design choice because his his reaches when he goes for uppercuts mm-hmm. is, it's really cool how it translates it, it doesn't feel like michael jordan extending his arm in space jam you know it, <laughs> it actually looks like the arm yeah. connects yeah <laughs> So that's that, and there's not much of a story to the game other than you're just kind of working through the circuits, but there is that Doc Lewis character who, you, you know... Um, who gives you advice. Who, yeah, 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 corner. corner. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, you know, it's weird to think that he's like some 40-year-old man who found this 17-year-old kid and He's said, a phenom. Of course he's going to find some attention if he can fight with the big guys. I can't really <laughs> stop thinking about the Rocky parallels, right? There's a lot of Rocky going on in this punch-out thing. And there Rocky is. was 1979. Honestly, so. I I thought that it was going to actually take place in Philadelphia because there, it, in between matches or in between circuits, I don't remember. Yeah, circuits. There, there will be these little cutscenes of him basically doing the Rocky run, uh, like from the montages. But then you see the Statue of Liberty. So I guess that, that ties in with the Bronx. But I just thought, you know... I thought they could throw it back to to rock. <laughs> and and since we're in the New York City thing and we're talking about that, yeah. Sam, you had a little thought about those cutscenes. Yeah. Well, we were talking about where that takes place because uh, when you see originally, I was thinking that he was like somewhere on the Upper West Side, <laughs> looking at uh, looking at Newark across <laughs> across the river, you know. And then I realized no, he's not. He's not there. So, but the Statue of Liberty comes from the left side, which means he's going south. So worth. Mike and I were talking. We think he's Staten Island. Hey, I think he's in Staten Island, but I still don't see why he wouldn't see the uh, the Twin Towers. So, so the yeah. thing is that we're now just going to debate about the geography. Of yeah, Punch-Out. based on okay. well, I'll tell you one thing. Well, even though he was born in the Bronx, he's definitely not in the Bronx. No, yeah. he's not. Seeing of course, the not. For, the, for the moments where <laughs> yeah. I thought he was running on the Upper West Side, I thought it was really cool because that's where I run, and I see like a, <laughs> I see a similar view when I'm running. Not, I don't see the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> a picturesque he's, he's just a 17 year old boy like me. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was cool until we re- we started talking about it, and I realized no, it's now it's a dog shit game because. Like poor. <laughs> I did think yeah. it was weird that they didn't include like a map. There should be a map in the manual of 
<laughs> yeah, I thought there was weird that you yeah. don't get a choice either of how of your signing bonuses as yeah. you enter the next yeah. World Circuits. There's no money that you can use from your championships. Yeah, it's very yeah. unrealistic. Right. This game. I I would like to. I I don't know if, if this is a tangent, but I would like to state that I like the framing of this entire game. As I like it when games create a story out of just the the structure of sports, whether it's sees like a, a franchise mode or season mode or uh, going through a circuit. I that it's sort of um, the small stories that this game presents, and they're very small stories. Um, fit really well into that sort of mold. But even with the other characters, because like you'll beat Piston Honda, and he was the original champion of the first circuit, and then he shows up two circuits later, yeah. and he's a lot better, too. So there's even like a story there about how mm. even your villains, like, lear- villains, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't, it's enemies. like referring Opponents. to like Mark McGuire as like a, a villain <laughs> yeah. of baseball, right? Like, uh, so no, they're not villains. But the other uh, fighters, they you know, they've worked up, too, to get better, and develop new strategies and stuff like that. They could have easily just taken Piston Honda again and just had his timing be better, but they even implement like new moves for him and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. And then there's that limited move set for little Mac. You know, he's got jabs, body blows, the uppercut, and then that star special doesn't sound like a lot, but it really works effectively. Just giving you that limited range. I think that the simplicity of it allows for, uh, a lot of creativity in how you go about creating your combos or just dis- yeah. uh, discovering what works on what character. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like when you start, it doesn't feel like a game that you would have to use a lot of strategy or, or really thinking about it. You're just yeah. you, you, you would think you're just trying to hit hit him as much as you can, but it's really it's really a lot of like learning and strategizing yeah. for yeah. each opponent. It's, it's it's almost like a puzzle game. Exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, this game is a puzzle game masquerading as a sports title. <laughs> yeah. Tricked you. And and the best uh Sam and I have both followed the speedrunning and the best players in the world for them it's now it's still like a dexterity battle. Like it's it's getting the inputs in fast enough so that they can shave off the slightest milliseconds mm-hmm. off their time because if they can just get that punch in a beat earlier because the game actually is timed to the millisecond. So if they can get that punch in just a millisecond earlier, it'll it'll count and it'll get a different result than whatever would have happened next. Wow. There's very little RNG in the game. I think certain enemies have some RNG. I think Mike Tyson them. has a lot in yeah. this fight. So so there's that. But at the same time, there's the tells. And the tells are the most interesting part of the game for me. Every character has their own tell that they're about to punch you, mm-hmm. which is great because their punches do an awful lot of damage. So it's it's much better to know. It's, I think of this in, in a shmup, right? Wouldn't it be great if every ship that you were seeing ahead of you communicated that it was about to charge at you or shoot at you rather than just act randomly? And that's kind of what these fighters do is they communicate, I'm about to punch you. And you think like, oh, that sounds really easy. He's going to tell me every single time. But you have to be in rhythm with him. So it's as much a puzzle game as it is a rhythm game. You're right. Any other thoughts on that timing and and telling mechanic? Because I think the tell is something Uh that we... Well, that that is the defining... uh, That is what separates each level of the game is... Uh, just what pattern they have, what tell you'll have to, they communicate to you. Um, So without them, this is just a series of the same match over and over. So yeah, I think it's the most important part of the fighting mechanics. It reminds me a little bit of uh, something like Monster Hunter. Oh yeah. You know, where the thing that you're trying to kill has 
you know, it has a certain tell to it that you have to figure out and exploit and figure out how to get around that thing. And even and when you think you've figured it out, a new one gets added. Yeah. So there's this whole thing of when when you think you figured out Piston Honda, the champion for the first circuit, all of a sudden he takes a step back mm-hmm. and he starts charging up for something. And, you, you know, I've never seen this before. What, what's about to happen? And then he goes left, right, left, right, left, right. And there's many strategies to how to work around that. Sam showed me a really cool one right before we started the show where you give him a belly punch at the perfect time to knock him out. And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, my tummy. He does. Wait, he really does say but it? He in, says that like, in Japanese, verbatim, though. yeah. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is we have three different stories here. He says it in English, he says it in Japanese, he says it at all. Like I, I, guess I know I was the just, answer, but I'm not, just not, but, not saying okay, good. I was just so excited to perform it that I wasn't listening to it. That's cool. I mean, there is some voice synthesis in this game, right? I don't have a recollection of any actual voice synthesis. Okay. I, th- I, I thought the referee did something with the timing, but you know when he's counting out. But yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm I think, mixing memories with he, the arcade. Does he, Mario? Say, does he say TKO? He might say TKO. I have no, oh yeah, yeah, but it's but it's not TKO. He's it's like, like not, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah. It, and and for the record, don't talk to me like oh you mean Mario? <laughs> you mean Mario? They, never, heard of him they never established <laughs> that that is Mario. It's what did he I heard Mario. that they snuck him in. They, that he wasn't <laughs> no that it wasn't approved that he was. You Mario. think it's just another I like that's it's a true. generic a, a short Italian man? There, well, he shows up in everything. He was the golfer in golf. <laughs> I that one's still a little bit of a stretch for me. The golf and it turns out not to be real. Remember we talked about that oh, right, obscure right. Japanese Wii game that gives that uh, golf character. A totally You're telling me right persona. now that Mario is not the referee. No, I'm sure he is, but he was I, also no, the umpire in tennis. So what is how much time does this guy have between saving the princess? The thing about the thing about Mario is he has all the time in the world between saving the princess times. Yeah, what is he? He's like he's kind of is he only saving princesses. He's a These are his kidnapped. weekends. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is in New York City, so at least that makes sense. You know, there's no, uh, may, I mean, maybe he was playing at the U.S. Open for the tennis thing, and that's why he was the umpire. But to Sam's point, you mentioned that he was kind of snuck into the game. I heard that somewhere. Is that I, true? I, I believe it just because Miyamoto had this thing where whenever there was like a, th- a chance to throw in Mario in the early days, he would just be like, oh, well, we can make Mario that, or we can put Mario here. There was a whole thing for Super Mario Brothers. Where that game was originally not just gonna like, have Mario. Yeah, not yeah. Seriously, they <laughs> just yeah, they didn't know like what they were gonna do with it. They were just designing oh. this big game, yeah. and then they were like, "Well, Mario Brothers is selling really well. Let's put Super Mario Brothers." Like, let's put Super I, in front of it. I was imagining like it was Super Mario Brothers two, and I was like, "Should we even put Mario in this? <laughs> <laughs> Mario is missing." I think Punch-Out works best by what it doesn't let you control. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you can't control his movement. Yeah, and remember, he doesn't walk around. remember Ring King? Uh, I don't know if the, it was the just classic, a you and me thing. The classic Ring King? Yeah, the, yeah, the BJ thing. 
Right? Oh, was it the BJ game. Well, yeah, that yeah. wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't that uh, defining yeah. characteristic of the yes, game. Yes, the defi- Yeah, what does that say about that game? <laughs> that that's the first thing you think of. But anyway, in Ring King, that was a boxing game. <laughs> yeah, and you get to do everything you yeah. could possibly do you in pivot boxing. Around, you can clinch. You and can... I, I don't know about you, Sean, but for me, that made a very clunky experience. It was a terrible that, game. Yeah, that didn't do anything. Whereas in this one, because they've decided you shouldn't have to move, you you could duck out of the way, but you shouldn't have to move. Now, all of a sudden, you have to focus more on the punches. And because you only have two different types of punches and then left and right choosing your sides, now you don't have many ways to control your punch, so you don't have to worry about not connecting those punches. It's either going to be blocked or it's going to punch. Right. I I think the limited thing here, the simplicity of it, is actually what complements it the most. Yeah. I think that works in a lot of games. Go ahead. I think in in developing it, it made it a lot easier for them. I imagine it would make it a lot easier for them to create something where they can control what you're what you're there's what strategy you're supposed to be trying to figure out so they're they're figuring out this is what we need them to do we need them to think to hit this weak spot and that weak spot but if you have too many things that you're able to do where you're thinking oh, i'll just run to this side of the court this side of the ring yeah. or you know dodge this way or it, it it kind of lends itself to having specific strategies that you're supposed to discover for sure i think it also uh is just another example of the prevailing theme so far in the nes catalog of simulation sports games really having a hard time being good and when they actually go in like a more arcade route uh you can have a lot more fun with it Mm -hmm. because you don't have to worry about micromanaging all the simulation aspects of it yeah Yeah. i mean imagine if all of a sudden let's just say you could hold on to your opponent you know in boxing sometimes they'll put their arms on the other guy's shoulder Mm -hmm. imagine if that was like an option forget that there's not an input for that right like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't even know how to map that but that's a whole nother thing now that you have to add to the game for each character to work a separate way and so by doing that you're just complicating the game further than it needs to be Mm -hmm. i also think even just imagine if you could punch the chest instead of just the body or the head you know yeah. it's a, it's it'd be nice but you don't have to have it either because it's perfectly fine without it i think mm-hmm. simplicity is king in this game yeah i think in every game honestly oh, okay yeah. yeah especially for these older games i agree especially with that. when yeah when the the limitations of the system are only so much so you work well within that one of my favorite yeah. games on the system so far, Balloon Fight, is one of the most simple games that we've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody game. can pick that game up. <laughs> and not, I don't even think you really need uh, instructions. No, that. you, you know, just you start just... pressing the button. So and speaking of instructions, I think that's going to get us into Glass Joe, who we can finally talk about. Not Joe over here. <laughs> uh, Glass Joe is the first uh, enemy you fight in the minor circuit. And he's not really a tutorial. You know, we've seen things where Super Mario Brothers has like that. He's the closest thing you, this game gets to one. Though. Yeah, exactly. But but there's no there's no teaching you via pop-up commands or anything like that what you need to do. Mm-hmm. He just lets you punch him no matter what. <laughs> like you must punch him first before he ever starts doing anything to you. That's true. And I think that's a smart thing to do. It's like if you want to connect, if you want to learn how to play this game, you got to connect to punch. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I guess I, I did notice that. I thought it was just uh, an AI thing where you had to you had to make a move and he would just like try to counter it at first. But no, it makes sense that, yeah, you have to land a blow. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on Glass Joe at all? I mean, he's he's funny, I think. I, what, I think a, what a poor name. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if you're being introduced into your box. Not your debut. Like, you've been around for a while. A long, like, long time. Yeah. Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's this Glass. Is like, there's, it's like a WWE character. Yeah, not a there's Glass yet. Mike. <laughs> wonder, <laughs> I wonder so, how he's going to do today. Aside from uh, Mike Tyson himself, I think he is the closest thing to 
another icon in the uh, mythos of Punch Out. Like Glass Joe is probably the most famous character outside of like because anybody Little who's Mac. ever played Punch Out yeah, has played against yeah, Glass Joe. He always, he always goes first. I yeah. believe he's in Super Punch Out. Right? He is. He's yeah. the first person you play. And he against, was in yeah. Punch Out the Arcade. He's the first person you play as. Poor guy's uh, getting beat up for his yeah. whole life. <laughs> yeah, and and it's kind of those in between rounds things, which we haven't really talked about yet. But in between rounds, you have like the corner, and you hear uh, Doc Lewis talking to you, and the other enemy kind of giving like a hint. Yeah. So, like, how to fight them. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that, but with Glass Joe, there's no really, there's no hint. It's just like, <laughs> just gotta please, let's, guy yeah. Yeah. let's <laughs> just get this over yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take a nap before the next round, I think is one of his lines. <laughs> so, poor Glass Joe. Thankfully, he's pretty easy. So, I don't mean that it's not a tutorial in a bad way. I mean, it's nice that they didn't feel the need to explain it to you, but made it easy enough that you can just kind of learn the ropes right there for the entirety of the game. Every mechanic that you need is presented in there. Yeah. And one thing we haven't talked about yet is the accumulation of stars. Does anybody want to try to tackle that? So, I got this. So, the way that stars work... Are when you press start, you get a, and you have when you have a star, you press start to do a special uppercut that does a ton of damage and it's good for knocking people out. And the way you get those stars is by hitting people hitting people in certain ways. I think that one of them is if you get enough uppercuts against. I forget which person. It's, it's you get unique them. to each character. Yeah. And this is something Sean and I were talking about, and it's hard to figure out. You know, you really yeah. need to yeah. look it up, but it, it's then, also something you just experience on your own, too. Mm-hmm. But, and later in the game, they become essential, and you actually need them to beat the characters. Yeah, and, and I think that the uppercut inclusion is nice. It's it's nice that it's mapped to the start button, a button that you can't otherwise do anything with because, much to probably Joe's disappointment, <laughs> there's no pause sound in this game because you cannot pause. You know, I don't think I tried to pause the game. It wow. doesn't seem like you should you should pause, but we're I'm having a great time. in the middle of a boxing right. match. <laughs> but you should you should think that like I'm going to be the one that's going to try and pause every game. So I, I apologize. You're this really is how Winter pause. Games should have handled pausing. Do you remember Winter Games? Yeah, yeah. you the had the hold pause. down start, yeah. <laughs> and then you you know like if you let go of it, it just resumed. It should have just been no pausing at all. You yeah, can't pause in right. the middle of your events and your sport. Right. Really, all games wonder, don't make all sense. Games Pausing should, yeah. doesn't make sense. I just had a random thought with Winter Games. What if yeah. you hold it and then unplug your controller? Do you think that would work? Wow, we should try that. Yeah. Okay, I'll no, try that. No, I'm serious. I'll try that. That's a great thought. I'm sure it won't work. I'm yeah. sure it will just assume <laughs> that you've let go of start. Uh, this uh, podcast is over. See us next week after we've tried the uh, removing <laughs> yeah. of the controller. Yeah, please switch to side B on the full episode of what happens when you remove the controller. So that's the stars, and then there's hearts, too. Anybody want to try and give hearts a go? Hearts are basically your uh, stamina. Your stamina. Right? Yeah, yeah, like it. Uh, every time you miss, you'll lose hearts. Every time you get hit, you'll lose hearts. It's, it's the well from which you pull your energy to do yeah. anything. And once you're out of hearts, you turn pink. Right? You're like and glow you're, pink. Yeah, you yeah. are pink very tired. And you're tired and you cannot attack. You can only dodge. Yeah, and, it, and you have to do, you have to like dodge for essentially five seconds before you can start punching right. again. I think it's a great mechanic, though, because it also allows for uh, rallies to happen. Like you see the guy getting hit in the boxing match in real life, and uh, he can either just go down or 
uh, he'll weather the storm for a while and come back with a with a storm of his own. It's and, a great punishment too to not just keep trying body check after body yeah, check because yes. it forces you to be decisive. Even right. the blocks count against your stamina. If you keep yeah. punching him in the stomach and Glass Joe keeps blocking it, you're actually losing stamina by doing that because you would get winded in a real boxing match if you just kept throwing your right arm again, yeah, exactly. and, again and again. So the one system accomplishes multiple things. Yep. That's great. And did anybody else? I, I kind of skipped over this real fast, but the intermission between rounds. Did anybody have any other thoughts on that? I think it's a pretty like cool way to handle. I like how the it only changes. time you can pause. I like how it changes depending on how you're doing. Yeah, if you get beat up a lot, then Little Mac looks like shit, and he's, <laughs> his eye is swollen, and he's uh, it's got like he, a little purple around. He's it too, yeah. the, the opposition too, and he says, "I don't know how much longer I can take it." Yeah, uh, and then the opposition. Yeah, the opposition. You see how they're doing as well. And sometimes they get angry, and sometimes they're smug. So I think it's really cool. One yeah. thing I talked to Sam about, and you know, I read this, so I don't know how much it's confirmed. But if you press select as soon as the round goes to the cutscene, when you resume the next fight, you, you gain a energy, ton. Right? Yeah, you gain a ton more energy or health. Essentially, health. you gain a ton more health back. Because that's kind of like helping apply the yeah, bandages. That, that is in the manual. Oh, okay, great. So it is it's an actual thing. Yeah, I think I think uh, a lot of this game already is showing. We're only on Glass Joe, but it's showing a <laughs> lot of promise because of all the little details that it puts into it. So after Glass Joe, you face Von Kaiser, and I don't really have much to say about him other than he was the one where I learned my essential strategy for most of the enemies in the game, which is. After you knock down Von Kaiser the first time, he will most likely get up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be one, two, three, and then he'll get back up. And then if you dodge his attack, whatever comes next, dodge it, hit him with an uppercut, you can switch between uppercut left, uppercut right, uppercut left, uppercut right. You mean like a hook hook left? Oh, sorry, hook left, hook right, yep, like that. And you can just continue to chain it again and again as long as you alternate between left, right, left, right. He'll never break out of it. Now, again, he must be knocked down once before this happens, but he'll never break out of it, and he'll go right to being knocked down again. It's not much fun, but (laughs) if I'm playing through this game from the beginning again and I want to get through it pretty fast, you better believe I'm going to use that strategy. It also feels pretty awesome the first time you do it. Yeah, so it gets me pumped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Von Kaiser. Any other thoughts on him? Okay. And then Piston Honda, a guy we've been talking about a lot because he is the first, like, massive character you fight. Kind of uh, looks Sam's... like the guy from uh, from Street Fighter. Which uh, guy from Street Fighter? Oh, um, yeah, Ryu? No. No. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different fighting game. I, I think you are <laughs> thinking of a different fighting game. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just go back into my corner. I was like, yeah, because I don't think he really looks like Ryu, but I was trying to throw you a bone. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Uh, this was the first one that when I was playing this the first time, it kind of felt like a real fight. Where the other ones, you can kind of cheese your way out of it. This one... Really, it's it. I think this is where the game actually starts and stops being a tutorial and starts being more of the game because he's got his little special fight that he does. Yeah, the the backup and the, then he approach. backs up and then he charges and he has the fists of fury or whatever it is. So what was it and, when that first happened to you guys? Because I think that's the first like trick move in the game, right? Yeah. When when that came out, what was your first strategy? Don't don't tell me what you actually have to do. But what, what was your first reaction to that? Did you just take the blows? Did you try to dodge to the left and right? I think I, I tried tr- to dodge. Yeah, but I, tried I didn't to dodge do it very too, well. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was tough because I, I mean that was especially the first time I saw that coming. I had no idea that was coming, so it just it just kind of took me by surprise. I think I tried to do 
a dodge punch like I tried with the other moves and that worked. Yeah. yeah, I wonder, has anybody been able to dodge left or right and successfully time it? Or will you be, by dodging to the left and right, will you eventually get hit by one of his punches? Like, can you perfectly time those? Because I know if you hit down on the D-pad, you'll yeah. block. And I you think can, that you can get into a, a good enough rhythm so that you can you can be be missed by all of them. You can also, if you hit down twice, I think you dodge as oh, well. Oh, really? Okay. I, I did so. not notice that either. Huh. I really need to check out this manual. I think <laughs> I think that's true. Okay. And, but but I, I never dodged it successfully. All that said, though, for Piston Honda, he's still a approachable character. Mm-hmm. The game hasn't hit, like, hard mode yet. Right. It's just giving you something new that you have to prepare but for. But I, I think it was, like Sam said, I think it was the first time for me where I really had to think of a, a strategy or, or kind of decide, be more decisive with my attacks. Like, when he does he does some crazy uppercut, and that's when you got to jump in and, you know, mm-hmm. th- you know, throw all your attacks at once. And, right. And we mentioned a little... The, the yeah, the well-timed body punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And thank kudos to Sam for showing that to me. So then you become the champion of the minor circuit. There's a nice little screen for that and everything. And then there's the amazing cutscene that we just <laughs> yes. talked about, where he's some... in Stat- Staten Island. Staten Island. Maybe, Let's go with it. Maybe lower. <laughs> maybe <laughs> West Village. And it was interesting too because I uh, really my only knowledge of Little Mac was from my also limited knowledge of Super Smash Brothers. And there's a skin <laughs> in Super Smash Brothers where he's wearing a pink hoodie, and I always thought it was just a funny thing they put in there. But yep. it's from that cutscene. Well, <laughs> then you'll also the know in Smash Brothers there's a wireframe version too, yeah, and, right. <laughs> and that's from the arcade version. Uh, I, I, you just pointed that out to me, just so you know. I did not put the connection yeah, yeah, between the that, pink hoodie and the Smash Brothers uh, skin. So that's really cool. Scene, you go to the major circuit, which obviously would be a little step up from the minor circuit, but you're not quite up to Mike Tyson's scale yet. And that's when you get, in in my opinion, the real personality of the game starts to come out. The first three characters definitely feel like people you might run into in a boxing match. You know, mm-hmm. they're 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 real people. Then Don Flamenco comes out. And that music, you know, yeah. the, which is, which I imagine is just royalty free music, right? What is that? Uh, I forget what song it is. Yeah, anyway, he comes out to that with a rose. Sounding. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's just a famous beautiful. song, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's just so funny that he's doing this. And that, that kind of like put a smile on my face coming off of the cutscene. You know, I'm already like, let's do it next round. And then you see this, and I'm like, I can yeah. fight this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's better than Glass Joe. <laughs> kind of looks like Glass Joe. A little? A little bit. Okay. He's tired. Uh, we, we're having a hard time like visualizing things right yeah, now because I, I was seeing. Bl- yeah, he had black hair. And I was <laughs> seeing Honda from Street Fighter. I think, my- I think a big <laughs> part of it is. Honda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a big part of it is just that he's. Since Glass Joe, we've seen a lot of people that are like twice your size. This is yeah. another guy that's like more yes, your size. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He's, me he's a skinny guy, probably not 107 pounds like yourself, <laughs> but nevertheless, he's a pro or 17. But yeah, though. Flamenco uh, sort of gets by just by taunting you the whole time. Yeah. So 
that's new. Yeah, I, I, I like that though too. The idea of a, a cocky fighter yeah. who who thinks like, "Oh, you're from the minor circuit. I'm on the yeah, major." Your circuit. hustler's seventeen and 107 yeah. pounds. <laughs> right. This so, is probably going to be pretty easy. I yeah. solved uh, flamenco with the old left and right again, uh, mm-hmm. just doing the knockdown, and then when it gets back up, doing that. Uh, but there are people who play this game that get very creative with knocking people out as fast as possible. <laughs> and one thing that's really interesting with the speed running scene is that they don't time the game from real-time duration. They just go from fight to fight, and then at the end of each fight, they add up the total time because it tells you, like, you beat him in two minutes, point, uh, two minutes, 13 seconds, point two, you know? Interesting. And they add up each of those to get a final thing. just because, so, uh, like, the time between rounds is set it's just i guess it's just more like oh how fast can you hit the start button you know like yeah. making sure that you know there's no skill really involved there so i guess there was more just making sure that the fights count yeah but it's people figuring out you know and this is not specifically for don flamenco but there's people who figured out oh if you knock this guy out at exactly 43 seconds it will just count as a ko like you will not wow. get up if you as long as you do the timer at 43 seconds or if you give this guy two star punches in a row, he'll TKO. You know, it's little things like that that people learn throughout it that I think is really interesting. That Me, I'm just going thing. at them. That 43 second thing seems like RNG, though. Not RNG because it's not random. It's 43 right. seconds. But mm-hmm. what logic is behind mm-hmm. that? I yeah, don't know. it's interesting. And who knows for all. I, I think the 43 is the only thing that's required. I don't think it's a specific series of inputs. Huh. So, yeah, it seems like almost it was coded. Yeah. Into the game to have that. Interesting. Any other thoughts on Flamingo? Who's not Flamingo? <laughs> After that, we have King Hippo, who I would argue is the first trick fight of the game, and maybe the only one. What do you mean by trick fight? So you can't actually do anything to him unless you... Like, he must be KO'd. Yeah. And the only way to attack him is to knock down his pants. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. over like, and over. Like again. you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't hurt him through anything other than uh, him winding up for his punch, which is different because he winds up for his punch sometimes, and you can't do anything to him. But if he winds up his punch and opens his mouth, that's your chance to punch him in the belly, mm-hmm. knock down his shorts, and then punch him in the belly as right. many times as possible. Everyone knows how shorts work. <laughs> your hands up, your mouth's open, your shorts are gonna fall down. It's this just... fight was. I, I couldn't get past it for the longest time. I, ha- I okay. had to look it up, but I, I didn't understand that I could only hit him if he raised his arm or over over his head with the mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. It was... He glows a they, little, too, on it, though, too, right? He does, like, a, a brief shimmer. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, I know that in the cutscene, though, in between rounds, they he talks about his mouth, or yes. Doc Lewis talks about his mouth. I forget who does it's, it. Well, first, Little Max says something. This is all paraphrasing, but Little Max says something along the lines of, like, I just can't get through to him, and Doc gives, like, a, a, a borderline hint. But then uh, Hippo is the one who talks about his mouth. Yeah, and yeah. so that's like the key to like look for the mouth to be right. open. And it's also yeah. just you have to be I was so focused just staring at his face like is he going to is he going to tell is he going to tell and it that visual information making its way to my hands of like whether I should punch or not just wasn't getting through. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. he's also got the bandage around his belly button. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, that's there. I just, yeah. I didn't think about so that. We're connection. hitting him in his weak spot. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's cool. I, oh, I like King yeah. Hippo. I, I, I like him too. I well, think he's a great he's fight a character. Design. I think this is the, the, just, the first one that yeah. actually, like, took some time to figure out the pattern. Like, it's 
It's a little more difficult to, to solve the pattern. Yeah, I'll admit the first time out, I faced him, easy. I lost. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I think he's... I had no idea what to do. One of the most iconic people in this whole game. Yeah, and he shows up in all the games too, I think, uh, including the, the Wii version that we'll talk about later. So that's uh, King Hippo. He also shows up on the Captain N TV show, which we're not about to talk about today. Are you sure you don't want to go on a 15-minute... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and, and join back to our Donkey Kong days when we were talking about the Donkey Kong TV show, which was a thing. People, check it out on YouTube. It even got a Donkey Kong Jr. show. Let's keep talking about Donkey Kong. Let's do this. Yeah. Why isn't Donkey Kong in this game? <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing? Isn't he? He's... Oh, no. You're thinking of in the Punch-Out Arcade version, he's in the crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's him, Mario, and somebody else. Probably cool. Luigi. Cool. And then in Super Punch-Out, I think even Yoshi's there. Aww. Which is weird that they let a dinosaur into the... Uh, well, he's, a, he's an adorable dinosaur. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, speaking of adorable, we have Great Tiger up next. Not that adorable. <laughs> Great Tiger is not that adorable. But he's pretty crazy because he has that... Uh, onslaught of attacks that he does with his special where if you thought Piston Honda was bad he just keeps coming at you and at you and this is the one for me where every time he came at me I was very low on stamina and usually wound up at the very least if I wasn't knocked down by him I was uh, getting those pink flashes because I was I wasn't able to punch back because mm-hmm. I was doing too much blocking mm-hmm. right well this one took it took me a while to get through not a while but it was difficult for me to get through the first round um, but then in the second round, that's when he starts like zipping around the ring, yeah. and I was like, "What? Yeah. What's going on?" I was, <laughs> I, was so, I was so panicked when all of a sudden he was just like zooming around. It was the, that was the first thing that really, um, the first opponent that it was really shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got the the glowing uh, head thing on right? his yeah. turban. He has yeah. a like on his turban has a, like jewel. a jewel. Yeah. yeah, and I like that. I thought that was neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, sure. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's better than the eyes glowing or the punch or something like that. So I'm down with it. Um, another thing that I want to say about Great Tiger, though, besides the onslaught of attacks, is that he does hint at the teleporting thing at the very beginning of the match when he gets out of the corner. He does like, teleport ever so slightly, yeah, like teleport just a little bit further into the stage, which could look like a glitch. You know, oh, you, yeah. if you don't know the special <laughs> move yet, it could just look like oh that that was weird. Like he just moved. Enough, right. like it wasn't. It wasn't like he's teleporting around yeah, the entire like ring. Hint. Yeah, it was like get ready for this thing right. that's coming up. I actually really like that special move, though, despite how it requires like very precise timing of blocks or maybe a a, a a correct attack at the right time. I really thought that was interesting because now it's it's like we're in a different world. You know, <laughs> everybody so far has been grounded to reality in one way or another. Yeah. And then Great Tiger comes, and he's like, oh, by the way, I can teleport like Goku. <laughs> Aside from maybe uh, King Hippo not looking like a human being, but I, I, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm sure somebody looks like that, and they're offended by you saying <laughs> I, that. I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't notice it. I, I knew afterwards from watching Let's Plays and stuff, but I didn't notice it as teleporting. I thought it was just their way of showing him like running around, the, being really fast. But um, but I guess that's it is really to be fast, Joe. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was you know that was a thing. He's just zipping around. He's a I mean, isn't that what Goku does? He just runs really fast and it looks like he's teleporting. No, it's called instant transmission. Oh, I don't see. Yeah, that shows, his, shows he what puts I know. his two okay. fingers on his forehead and it just happens. Goes, yeah, um, that's such a cool sound. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And anyway. here's that sound right here. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, this is now a Dragon Ball Z show. Um, 
What okay. do you guys think of Android 18? So, Bald Bull <laughs> is the next character <laughs> on our list. Does anybody want to talk about Bald Bull? No. Bald Bull. Bald Bull. Bald Bull. Bald Bull would be interesting, bald. though. Bald Bull is... <laughs> if there's one thing I'm going to say about this guy, it's that he's the he's the equivalent to Piston Honda in terms of someone who actually looks like a boxer. Yes. Yeah, he's you know? scary looking. Yeah. He... Definitely uh, doesn't, <laughs> and I guess I I don't know what I want to say here, but he's not as challenging to me as Great Tiger was. So it's weird that he comes afterwards. Bit of a respite to you, then like oh, like oh I'm I'm recovering from this hard fight with a more easy fight. I don't think it's an easy fight though. I guess because even though it's not as tricky as Great Tiger, I did find that Bald Bull's punches did an awful lot of damage mm-hmm. yes. to Little Mac. So I actually found myself getting knocked down a lot, and that's tough because Bald Bull can't be KO'd. Yes. He can only... Um, can't be KO'd? He, can't no, be, he can like, only get TKO'd. You, oh, oh, oh. you can't... Knock you can't, him down three yeah, times, yeah. Exactly. You have to knock him down three times. He's unbeatable by decision, so if you go all three rounds, you won't be able to... They'll, they'll just decide that Bald Bull won the match. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I guess we'll just call him BB going forward. I think that's kind of BS, you know, because if you're like a little kid and you knock down this guy more than he knocks you down, I think you win. You yeah, know? I actually don't know. I've never won by decision. If I'm just going off a little bit here. Well, chances are if it takes you three rounds to get through a fight, you're probably you know not not doing that. But well is it? In yeah, possible? but he's it also not possible. doing that well. Okay. You know, he's also fighting me. Yeah, a seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old, hundred-seven-pound boy, and he can't beat me. <laughs> so what does that say about him? Yeah, if you go three rounds with Mike Tyson, I feel like you should just be decided the winner. <laughs> yeah, but so Joe, did you so win? I round? did not win by decision, but I afterwards after I stopped and couldn't get any farther <laughs> when I was watching a let's play I, I saw uh, actually against Mike Tyson Interesting. they won by decision really yeah. okay I, thought, yeah. Would, yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that that was possible I, um, so with Bald Bull I yeah. uh, there's another one of those uh, secrets secret ways of uh, of ending him okay which is uh, when he does his little bull hop thing you gotta hit him in the stomach again yeah you hit him in the stomach on the third hop he jumps towards you three times, and I think, and then he attacks you. And on the third hop, the second he jumps, or while he's, I'm not exactly sure what the timing is. If you do a body blow, then it just knocks him right out. Yeah, and I think you kind of like you have to do something like that because yeah. he goes into like an infinite loop. Yeah, of that, you know. So if you're if you don't know what to do, you're just gonna have to continue blocking. That infinite loop of him doing this weird leapfrog game where he like yeah. backs up into the corner and then boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That, I the think third... it's with 40 seconds left that always triggers because yes. I was trying over and over and over just to get, knock him down three times before that would happen. Yeah. But I think it also will jump into that if you knock him down twice so that you can't just TK or you can't TKO him uh, before he does that, mm-hmm. uh, so those charges. That. Yeah. Now 
we will move on to the world circuit where we see the repeat of Piston Honda, um, Ball Bull, Ball Bull, uh, and Don Flamenco. They return. They're a little bit harder. Uh, I don't want to talk about them again, though, but one thing I did want to call out that I watched a YouTube video on was that the second time you fight Piston Honda, there is, and it was known in the community for a long time, that there's a special timing for a punch that will knock out Piston Honda and end the match. But nobody could figure out how to, like, what was the timing or when to do it. But there actually is a visual cue in the game that was staring at gamers all across the globe for 20 years before it was finally discovered about a year or two ago. In the audience, those pink characters with the black silhouettes, you know, uh, who I'm talking about, like all the little heads. Mm Mm-hmm. In the left side, right behind, like right behind where Piston Honda would be standing, as soon as the timing comes, the audience member ducks. <laughs> they actually duck. And if you punch, if you give him an uppercut, as soon as that character ducks, which only happens in that round, you will knock him out and it will be a TKO. That's actually Isn't... amazing. I, I want to I spin off game about that character and, <laughs> and him trying to give you hints Right, like, what does he know? Yeah. Isn't there a be... camera one also? I think there's a ca- I think there's a, a few one, a few video audience cues, but that one stood out the most interesting to me because it wasn't discovered for twenty years. There and had it's... to have been some kid in 1987 or a few of them that knew about it, like found out and just kept their mouth shut for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm keeping this to myself. Yeah. I just think it's really cool. Though. I mean, I never looked at the audience. I know yeah. there was yeah, some guy was taking just... a picture, but I didn't think. Uh, Window dressing. Oh, I should me. punch the guy while he's taking the picture. <laughs> but we do face one new character, and that's uh, Soda Popinski. Very Russian. Originally, Vodka Drunkinsky. More Russian. Yeah, <laughs> that was censored by Nintendo <laughs> yes. of yeah, America. There, there were some, some unfortunate uh, stereotypes going on in this <laughs> yeah. at some point. But. And, and uh, he, yeah, he's very Russian, to Sean's point, so that's probably why they didn't want to do the Vodka Drunkinsky. <laughs> so, anything to say about Soda? Other than, like, I honestly don't think I made it to him. I think I could only get through the, uh, the repeats. Okay. Um, well, you don't fade. I don't think the repeat. Sorry, I don't think it's Piston Honda, Ball, Bald Bull, and Don Flamenco before Soda. Is it? Is it I only like played the... a couple guys I had already played before. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, Soda Popinski. The long story short on him is that it's just it's just at this point in the game, all of the fights are very challenging. In, in my opinion, this is this is the kind of once you get to the world circuit. We're at the point now where it's going to come down to a few times playing through each mm-hmm. character just to get, like, the groove of how to fight yeah. them, what to what to dodge. And even when you get up to them, there's no guarantee that you're going to perform perfectly. Yeah. You know, it, it's sad to say, but I feel like the next three characters, Mr. Sandman, Super Macho Man, and Mike Tyson, for the average player who's not obsessed with Mike Tyson's punch-out, they really don't stand a chance <laughs> against those three guys. Yeah, well, I'm living proof of that. Definitely. So, I mean, not so, definitely you, but also definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely you. Mr. Sandman was as far as, as I got to anything. Same, same with me. Yeah and, yeah, and I did not last more than the first round with Mr. Sandman. Uh, even just trying to dodge things, my timing was just very awful. Mm-hmm. He, I was constantly getting uh, uppercuts hit on me, and he takes off a massive did amount. hit on you, too? 
<laughs> yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sandman not only brought me a dream, but he hit on me. <laughs> Jeez. They really so, want to just embarrass you here. So I don't want to say like that the game isn't isn't fair because it is definitely fair you know you just it requires a certain dexterity that i do not have (laughs) i do not have the capacity to time the my my dodges and my punches to match these guys these guys are playing on four-dimensional chess yeah four-dimensional chess but also steroids i think it also (laughs) just requires a an amount of practice yeah that's what i think is so cool about these games is that it's i think it's the first time we've seen boss battles like this i mean that are that you really have to learn and and practice and get that satisfaction of beating a boss afterwards i mean i think the closest thing was maybe maybe twin b had some things we had oh, to man, learn this what is was the happening, first boss rush first, game like, too real real boss that you have to i mean every every battle every <laughs> fight every battle i'm not a boxer <laughs> uh, you were talking about stinger there right uh Twin B, we Twin didn't, B is the is the um, is the is, Japanese is version. The Japanese okay, version. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Stinger. Mm, Stinger. Um, yep. But yeah, so Stinger uh, had maybe the closest the closest yeah. to what we're at. You now. you described this to me though earlier this week uh, that this game is essentially a boss rush, right? And, and I love that you said that because I I think that's the closest thing we've ever had to a boss rush in any uh, NES game so yeah. far. Imagine I just if you had, had the realization, to, right? Imagine if you had to play like Legend of Zelda, uh, Dungeon Eight. Right before Ganon, you have to fight every other uh, villain again before you can get to Ganon. Like, that yeah. would be ridiculous. <laughs> Here, that's the whole game. Right. Wow. And it, and it feels to me a little more like modern boss battles. Be, just because of the way... On the NES, it's usually a little thing. Oh, you gotta hit it in that weak spot, and then you gotta figure that out. Or when this opens up, you hit it. But this is really pattern like memory yeah. or pattern when, recognition when we were talking about the tells earlier i did i wasn't sure if i was going to be ridiculed for this but i was looking at joe and joe is a big shadow of the colossus fan and played through that entire game and now that we're talking about it i need to ask are there any similarities for you here between the colossi in shadow of the colossus and how you deal with them and then like these Eight-bit interpretations of bosses here. I mean, now that you mention it, I hadn't thought of it that way. But now that you mention it, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, if you take away the the obvious differences of Shadow of the Colossus being this giant, beautiful 3D rendered thing, but it's just the idea of of recognizing. Okay, what yeah, is this what is, is this guy's telegraphs? And what do you do? Yeah. I actually thought a little bit of it. Uh, this is also. I don't want to be ridiculed for this either. But I, I was have was feeling the same feeling. I, that I get when I'm fighting a boss in Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Because obviously those bosses are very different. You're running around, there's a lot more strategy. But it's still, you're seeing, okay, so once I do this, he's going to start doing this move now, and i got to think of like how to counter that. I and think it's any a simpler version of that, well-designed but... like 3D character action game that has the concept of bosses uh, has this to some extent. Right, definitely. And I think that's why this is amazing to me. It's the first one that fe- it feels like, what most 3D boss battles feel like. Yeah. And it's just on the NES. And you're not moving. I, I haven't <laughs> yeah. played it, um, but this game reminded me of kind of what people talk about with Dark Souls, you know, with dodging and countering and everything. Okay. And I, I don't know if that's accurate because I, I, have, I, think I so. haven't played it. But... I, I think that, um, again, I think that Dark Souls, while it's it's more difficult than a lot of games, it still borrows heavily from every sort of... Uh, action game that came before it with at least in how it designs bosses except that every different 
um, enemy in that game is sort of designed like a boss mm-hmm. um, with tells and when you should attack and when you shouldn't. I like that we're having this discussion. I think it goes back to what Sean said, how every good boss fight should be feeling yeah. this way. And so th- I, I don't mean to say that when you get to Mr. Sandman, Super Macho Man, and Mike Tyson, that all of a sudden it's a bad game. But it is noticeably different that the other ones or the other fights all up until then were more approachable and maybe took some time. And I'm sure if I had more time, maybe I would learn Mr. Sandman. And then slowly more time I'd get through Super Macho Man. And who knows, maybe one day I'd beat Mike Tyson. I know that a lot of people... Uh, all over the globe who talk about the NES and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! specifically because it is considered one of the hardest NES games. There are a lot of people who also consider it a very fair game, similar to how we talk about Ghosts and Goblins, which not many people consider a fair game, (laughs) but I never felt like it was punishing us in a way that we didn't deserve, other than maybe the Red Devil onslaught, (laughs) which was maybe our first example of a boss rush, (laughs) even though it's just a minor character in the game. But all that said... I, I kind of wish that Mr. Sandman, Super Macho Man, and Mike Tyson only ramped up slightly each time in difficulty instead of all of a sudden this floor that I couldn't overcome. Yeah, I yeah. think that difficulty curves are still a thing that everybody is working on right now. Not only just for, again, prolonging the amount of time that it takes to, to finish a game. Right, because you're spending 60 value. bucks on the game. Yeah, but also just as for game design in general. I do think, though, that... Because of the the way the save system works, it I mean, not that anyone said it wasn't fair, but I do think it's very fair in that it doesn't put you all the way back at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it sends you, what, to the beginning of the world circuit? The beginning right? of the circuit. That Which you're is on. still yep. a lot of people to get back to Mr. Sandman, but I think it's still... It's more fair than, say, going yeah. to have to start with Glass Joe again. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of it's kind of cool because it doesn't set you back that much. And then by the end of it, you can breeze through, you know, Piss and Honda, Ball... Uh, Bald bull and bald bull, bald bull, bald bull, the and, rural juror, and uh, and Donnie Flamingo. Yeah, Donnie Flamingo. I like that. Yeah. So I, I would have liked the inclusion of a practice mode, maybe where you could pick who you want to fight against, just to learn the ropes, and it wouldn't count for anything. But you could learn how to play against the characters. But I could see how that also goes against the spirit of the game and, yeah. and getting mm-hmm. the title. It's like, hey, ball bull, do you want to have a ball, practice ball. match <laughs> in the back? Like I, that, well, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I don't think so. It goes against the lore. There is something interesting <laughs> to point out. This is we're we're now on a whole different level of talking about video games right now, but. <laughs> In SNK's 40th anniversary compilation, you can actually watch that game play itself and then at any moment say, I'd like to take control. And like, so you can just play, watch the whole game play itself, get to the final battle and say, oh, wow. I'm, I'm ready to jump in <laughs> and do that. And, you know, that kind of accessibility in this day and age is nice. I'm not saying it would have worked in 1987 <laughs> to just watch a computer Little Mac fight everybody and then be like, oh, cool, he's back up to Mr. Sandman. It's my turn now. I feel like stuff like that only happens when a game becomes so incredibly niche or 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 has evolved in inside of itself so much well, that fighting games yeah. have become. Think about what we're talking about, too. Yeah. We're talking about a 40th anniversary compilation. Like, of course, it, yeah. sh- it would have a feature like that. You know, okay, it's, it's a yeah. museum thing. It, it's not like... Oh, I see. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you're about to go play, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3... 
And he's gonna let it play. And, and yeah, and just, <laughs> just let, it, let play. it go. You know, they're yeah, never like gonna a whole put... like adventure game. That... <laughs> right. They're never gonna put that in there because the whole point of the game was for you to play it. Yeah. You know? So I'm just I'm just throwing that in hindsight. I'm not uh-huh. saying like what were the developers thinking by not including that? I'm just saying, <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be nice if yeah. that was here? This this podcast is just now a uh, collection of wouldn't that be nices. <laughs> well, speaking of wouldn't that be nices then, kind of going back to what you were saying, Mike, about um, the difficulty curve kind of ramping up so quickly. I wonder how, how would you have felt if if be, just before those last, what, four opponents, you you beat the game. Like, that's the end of the game. And then these are like the bonus opponents. Would it feel more satisfying where it's like, all right, now I get the like end game, like post game opponents. <laughs> I, don't no, I don't so. think so. Yeah, I, I agree. Think would, I think because I was thinking of that, but I think that the difficulty curve, maybe it's a little it's a little steep all of a sudden, but I like that all of a sudden it gets really difficult, and that's where it's like yeah. you have to train and you have to play this a lot to get past those. I'm, oh, sorry, Sam. You go. I, I'm thinking maybe a compromise could be a save point right before Soda Popinski. You know, after you already beat those three guys that you've beaten before, I think that could be not that it's more fair or. Yeah, I, I hear know. you. It just might be a little bit more... It's just more you fun. Know. It's just less annoying to have to replay. It's also... Yeah, yeah it's interesting yeah. to consider the number of opponents. I mean, we had the minor circuit had three. The major circuit had, I think, four, maybe five. Four. Uh, four. And then the world circuit goes on to have one, two, three, four, five, six people in it. So yeah. it, it, it's, it is a, a large jump all of a sudden. And then on top of that, to Joe's point... Beating Super Macho Man is kind of like beating the game. Mike Tyson is treated as kind of like a bonus fight. You've you've already like won the. He's not part of the world circuit. You you beat Super Macho Man. You win. You get like this great cutscene, and then all of a sudden it treats it almost like a dream fight. You know, where all of a sudden it's... It's not really happening. It's not really yeah, happening. That's what they call it, right? The dream fight? Yeah, I think they <laughs> yeah. do. And, and there's there's a weird thing going on. I don't know if it was because of the password that I played with. I, I typed in a password to get to Mike Tyson. There's, Cheater. There's a very well-known <laughs> password for it. And there's something about it that the, the stage and the ring just feel weird. They, they feel different. <laughs> it's all shimmery. Right. No, it kind of like you blends were in. Like, <laughs> you were there. <laughs> the ring kind of like blends in, but that might have just been Everyone's like Everyone's naked for some reason. <laughs> no, I mean, that makes sense if it was a creative decision. So are we going to talk about I, the Mike Tyson fight We now? need no. to talk about the Mike Tyson fight. No, that's it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I thought that was the cue to start talking about Yes, please. Talk about the Mike Tyson fight. I don't know anything about the Mike Tyson fight. Nothing. So you need to do it. Okay, well... Can you guys do it? uh, I didn't get to Mike Tyson. I watched the Game Grumps fight the Mike Tyson for (laughs) a half hour, but I didn't play. You watched him fight him for a half hour? (laughs) I mean, over and over again, not one match, obviously. I watched some some videos about fighting him, but I didn't fight him. Okay, so this is what I'll say. The, the The only thing that I encountered with Mike Tyson was that... I do not, and I do not know who does, but I do not have the reflexes to even respond to anything. I found myself just ducking all, like, not ducking oh, to the wow. left and right, like, just blocking just like as much baby. as I could, and then being like, oh, that looks like an opening, and then nope, he blocks it. <laughs> oh, that looks like it, nope, he blocks it. He blocked every single punch that I did, and granted, I only tried him three times, but if you suck so badly <laughs> all three times, there's a good chance you're not saying, I'll take more of that, Yeah, I'll continue again. And I've watched videos, too, of people playing Mike Tyson and beating him, obviously. They put it in their title. And it's just like they're playing on another level. 
Yeah. It's just not yeah, fair. It doesn't look as hard when you watch right. someone playing it. And and it's it's the equivalent of watching someone else play. We've talked about this sometimes with NES games where you watch someone else play and you're like, "Oh man, why aren't you doing that thing right, right now?" And then and then you get in there and you suck just as much. Like we were doing that with Ghost and Goblins, yeah, right, me and yeah. you. And I was like, Joe, no, 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 you got to do this. And, <laughs> and I was like, and then, do it. And then I you go try in. It. Right. I go in and I die even earlier. You know, it's like there's this there's this weird thing about the Mike Tyson fight that I feel you either have it or you don't. And You're because, born with it or you'll never have it. Because because I didn't even earn the fight. Because I was putting in a password to even get there. You weren't I feel worthy. Like I, I did, <laughs> just didn't even have the skill set required. Yeah. Because I so in the video that I watched, it was a lot. It was mostly dodging. But then there must be some tell that I wasn't recognizing. Where after enough, at a certain point, he would get several punches in at once, like maybe like six at once, and that and that was like his pattern. And once in a while, there's like a split. It's like a frame where Mike Tyson Mike, Mike Tyson cries. Oh, yeah, cries. Yeah. <laughs> no, he goes, goes and you're right. It's one frame. frame. It's one Jeez. single. And if you frame. sit it on that, it's a it's a knockout or not, wow. Yeah, it, not the only thing that's but... funny about that because I also Knocked watched down. this video yeah. is. When he glows for that one frame, if you do manage to punch him, he makes the stupidest face in the whole world. It is so funny. First off, it's funny that they even like designed him to not look good. Like this game is named yeah. after him, and they already designed him as like someone who's taken a few blows to the head. He's got he's got a very puffy, cheeky face. And now you're just making fun of him. No, I just I'm saying I think sometimes he looked better in real life. Like it's actually crazy. Even in Wait, the... you're saying that he looked better in real life than on the NES. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am saying that. All right. Even in the um, in between rounds, you know, when you're in the corners, he does not look good in the corners. He looks like he's been bruised. One of his eyes barely opens, and it's not because you've injured him. It's just the way that they designed him. Is it because he's already got the facial tattoo, or no? no he doesn't I'm have joking. the fa- yeah, right. at this point. He does not have the facial tattoo. Nintendo predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I am managing to pull up the frame now. So just give me one second, and, and I'll we'll show, show you I'll guys show, right now. I won't show you guys, but I'm going to show these guys. So I'll play some music during this. <laughs> Wow, Mike, that music really captures the look on his face. <laughs> hey, well, are you saying that the music sounded really dumb? <laughs> I'm saying that I, well, I was listening to that music. I wasn't even looking at the face, but I know what you mean. Oh, okay, got it. Yes, yeah. I'm sure that's how the listeners at home feel, too. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much all I have to say about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Mike Tyson. Does anybody else have anything to add? Uh, if, no. Yeah, I, I do. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, uh, so I before or while playing this game, I, I checked out uh, Summoning Salts. Uh, he was a he's a speedrunner of this game. Oh, I've heard of on, him. Yeah. Uh, he on does YouTube. the um, progression videos on on YouTube as well. He yeah, de- yeah, he yeah. like documents how each game is evolved in speedrunning, and he does really good videos on these. And one of the videos he did was a blindfolded Mike Tyson's punch out. Video? Which just puts everything I just said before it's into so shame. Yeah. And the history of, you know, people doing that who I think they started doing it at um uh AGDQ. Yes, awesome games done quick for the uninformed. Yeah. And it's it's wild to, to know that some people have beaten this game without even looking at it. Right. And 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 that's when I think it really becomes a rhythm game because yeah. you're just listening to music cues yeah. to know when to punch people. And he also mentioned something in the video, which I don't think we talked about, which is when you get knocked down, I think if you wait, 
until a certain amount of time, you get more health when you come back up. Oh, interesting. So if you wait till like the seven count, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I like but it. You yeah. guys, everyone should check out that channel because it's really good. And then, Sean, this might have been something you either asked earlier in the podcast or before we started, or maybe it was Joe. I don't remember. Oh, One of you asked about the, the, uh, the music for during the... Um, oh, yes. I recognized the music during the cutscenes yes. as from, someone, of, from, from something else. And that is uh, that song is called Look Sharp, Be Sharp, March by uh, Mahan Merrick. And that theme was used for the radio and TV program Gillette Cavalcade of Sports, which covered a variety of different sports, but over time began to focus more on boxing. Prior to the release of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! in 1987, the song was featured in Raging Bull. So I just knew this song from, like, real life and not video games? Yes. <laughs> it just sounds so much like a video game song. It's interesting to think that this song was also in Raging Bull, but also makes it more perfect for Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Raging Bull is the boxing movie. True. Except for Rocky. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't know. I, I think Raging Bull is better than Rocky. Well, how's, it is. how's the it's song just... go again? Which one? I'm tone deaf. I, I can't do it. No, that's never good. Mind. sounded right. You got it? Yeah. No, <laughs> never mind. Cool. <laughs> then there's a lot of uh, sequels and spinoffs to cover. Wait, I do have one more thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So when you beat Mike Tyson, which obviously none of us did, but when you beat Mike Tyson, you get a little cutscene with, with all of the all of your opponents. Kind of like a little, little credits. <laughs> no, no, they're like they each have their own little like profile picture that comes up. Okay, um, but then you also get a newspaper. And can I can I read a little bit of this oh, newspaper? Oh yes, yes. Please talk yes. about the newspaper because it's really good. It's really good. I'm glad so you brought this up. We've got a newspaper and there's little Mac. You know he's got the champion belt on. His arms are up. He's triumphant and it says new champ the WVBA World Circuit. Last night we found a small but great champ. His name is Little Mac. Push start for the dream fight. Okay, so I'm sorry. This is before. <laughs> yeah. This is before the dream fight. Push start for the dream fight is printed in the newspaper. Then underneath, there's like I guess these are unrelated. There's like these ads that were taken out that they included in the newspaper. The first one, Daddy, come back home. No, <laughs> with a picture of Mario. Um, I don't know if it's Mario, but oh, with a picture of the ref. No, but Daddy, come back home is actually in reference to Glass Joe, I believe. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know the whole story on this, but I heard something about that newspaper with... I mean, like, this is all hearsay at this point, but I heard... It that, also has a phone number. Yeah. Oh, is, that a, is there... It says, I found there? a key. Oh, yeah. So that looks like it's unrelated. I found a key. Maybe that's a code. Is that a code? Did anybody Can call we, that number? I didn't call that. Back I in the day? I didn't call it. <laughs> what if we call it now? Let's call it. Right here on the air. Um, we're on the air, right? Yeah, we're on the air. <laughs> this is live. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I I thought that Daddy Come Back Home thing was related to something. Unfortunately, I do not know. Um, so there's that. Yeah, and the date is April first. So uh -huh. you didn't really beat beat him. This is an all April Fool's joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It is April first. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of Which things they, about this they mentioned. They make on. a joke about that in the Game Grumps, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> no 17 year old 107 pound kid could beat Mike Tyson. You've been punked. <laughs> All right, sequels and spinoffs time. Here we go. Super Punch-Out comes out in arcades before this game. Oh. So Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is released in 1987 on the NES, but Super Punch-Out comes out in the arcade in 1985. So this is like a D-make? 
<laughs> right? In, in some ways, it's like we cannot possibly port the super uh, punch-out version of this game to the NES, so we'll just give them the regular punch-out. So, hold on. The order goes punch-out for arcade in 84, super punch-out in 85, okay. Mike Tyson's punch-out in 87, um, regular punch-out on NES where it replaces Mike Tyson with Mr. Dream in 90... Then Super Punch-Out for Super Nintendo in 1994. And then Punch-Out goes, like, dark for a really long time before it returns in 2009 for the Wii. Yes. And uh, they took on a really cool style for that game. I don't want to say cel-shaded, but definitely, like, cartoonish. Cartoon-looking, yeah. And you use the Wiimote and the nunchuck as your um, one-two punch kind of thing. And then you can even use the balance board to uh, oh, to, to sway dodge? to the oh. left and right to dodge. I think that that's a pretty unique yeah. stance for the... I mean, like, how many other games is the balance board? It's basically VR. Working? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I always felt like every Wii game was VR. <laughs> uh, and, and then if that wasn't weird enough, Punch-Out! making its like random return in 2009 for the Wii, Doc Lewis's Punch-Out! Gets released for WeWare. Is this? Uh, do you take the role as a corner man? It's just a. It's no. You 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 just. It's a training game. It's just. It's like a training oh, mode. It's I a see. standalone prequel to Punch <laughs> Out, where you're essentially just training for the minor circuit. Huh. Wow. Yep. So wait, what do you do in that game? You're just. Uh, you're just doing like practice essentially with. It's. It's just. So for those that don't know, WeWare was like what they called these downloadable like very cheap games that you could only get on the Wii shop. Okay. For like and it's only for a limited time too, so you couldn't actually get Doc Lewis's Punch-Out anymore. There's only there's no way to play that game other than via Dolphin, I guess. Interesting. And so in that game you were essentially just doing like target practice and maybe like a fight or two. It was not a full game with a story mode and everything. Wow. Yep. Then Little Mac, of course, joins the fight in Super Smash Brothers uh, for Wii U and 3DS. And Sam, as our resident Smash Brothers guy, how do you feel about Little Mac in Smash Brothers? I personally don't like fighting him, but you know he's just a new character, so you got to get used to it. And he- I think that it's—I think that he's—it's a really cool addition. I think that he suffers a lot in Smash uh, Ultimate because he, he has no recovery. Yeah, is uh, he—is he new to Ultimate? No, no uh, he's new to the Smash okay. Four. Yeah, I don't like that he has the the I forget what it's called the um the KO the KO punch the the uppercut thing that okay. you just press B and someone dies. I don't like that, but that's just me. Uh, it was a real it, so that is a little confusing though. But that was in the Punch Out Arcade game. Okay, there is a meter that builds up as you play well in Punch um, Out. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not crazy about that as a mechanic in Smash Bros. How but. faithful do you feel like he translates over though from playing Punch Out to I this? I feel like I feel like now I have to go back and play as Little Mac in both of these games uh-huh. to really see because I, I think that he I think is it's more really... like a spirit of Little Mac. It doesn't yeah. really like translate how you play as Little Mac in in Punch well, Out. I'm thinking about the moves because his side B is like the it's like the star punch, you know, where he lunges. Yeah. Um. The aerial moves are kind of whatever because it's not really anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's you know, mostly he's, just punches though, which is nice. He's, he's little <laughs> and he's fast, which I guess is what 
you know what they. I just think it's it nice is. they didn't give him anything like stupid. You know, they, they didn't like, give him like, a sword or a right, gun, exactly, yeah. or, or like any accessories. Like, yeah. imagine That's, if he I just like, his outfits. Well, imagine if he just like yeah. threw like one of those boxing bag thing. You know, like, oh, punching yeah, bags. Yeah. Like yeah. if he brought one of those out, like that's dumb. Speed it would have been more like the design of a duck hunt dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like working with Mike Tyson. He's like lifting him up and stuff. And yeah, it's funny. I like that. This is why we talk. <laughs> I think as far as, you know, a, a, a Smash Brothers version of him, I think they did a pretty good job. Cool. For, see, for me, as yeah. someone who doesn't, I'm not a Smash Brothers guy, I'm, I'm pretty bad at the game, but I do, when I do play, I always kind of play around with different characters and see, once in a while, I'll do okay with a character, and I'll be like, oh, that's going to be my character from now on. It's really, it's really just a fluke. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Little Mac was one of those in, the, in, in Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I was doing really good with him. Not, but I, I do agree with you about the uh, one hit KO punch. It's kind of cheap, but um, but I, I, I without really remembering too much of how he played because I'm not a big Smash Brothers guy in general. I really liked playing as him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's fun, <laughs> and I think he's good for beginners uh, mm-hmm. to get like a good upper hand on people because he does a ton of damage. Yeah. So as long as you're willing to go out there and connect some punches, you'll. Punch out your opponent. Ha! Ooh, ha. Name drop. Uh, we did it. Yep. It is time now for a little game we like to call the Essential Games List. <laughs> Guys, today we are voting on Mike Tyson's punch out for the unaware listener who just listened to about an hour of us <laughs> talking about it and is now like, oh, they're voting on Mike Tyson's punch out? Not Smash. This not Smash, not, yeah. yeah. We, we will get there some year, <laughs> yeah. uh, 3060 or something. <laughs> but right now, we're just talking about Mike Tyson's punch out. We're voting whether it is essential today. Not talking about 1987, not talking about that 1984 arcade port. I'm talking about, is this game still worth playing today? Does it hold up? Sam. I think this game is essential. I'm going to say it right off the bat. I think that there's... Go all in, baby. There's no... I think this is one of the most essential games for the NES that we've played. I think that playing this game, there's really no other game like it. It has all the like the the eight bit graphics are charming. You know, it doesn't look weird or anything. Everyone has like a weird personality to uh, to their characters. The mechanics are simple, but they're really you know easy to figure out. But it's complicated to beat all the characters. You know, it's got music, it's got that killer cutscene when you're running and possibly what is Staten Island, maybe Battery Park, we're not really sure. And <laughs> this is very important. <laughs> um and it's hard. It's that kind of Nintendo hard that you hear about, but I think that it's a look we talked about I think it's a fair hard. I think it is an essential NES game and just an essential game in general. Great. Joe so I came into this with these two conflicting uh, notions about this game. One was my, so far, previous experience with games that are trying to simulate some sort of fighting, boxing or wrestling, which have been very bad so far up up until this point. Um, but the other was knowing that this is a really popular, famous game that everyone's nostalgic for. So like I said in the beginning, I kind of thought that this was going to be like one of those games that people misremember as being good and it's really not that great. But I was pleasantly surprised to find this is i think one of one of the best games we've played so far gameplay wise and i think especially because of the way that you you learn a boss i think that what we were talking about the about the boss rush 
element of it is what really makes it stand out to me that it feels like a satisfying experience for each battle, especially the the more difficult ones that come later on, to have struggled with it for a while, slowly learn it, understand the patterns, and that moment when you finally beat it is is just so there's something so satisfying about it, similar to the way you know games are now. Sorry, I'm getting a little long winded here. No, it's but, okay. Um, it's very and, beautiful. <laughs> and Sam mentioned uh, the Nintendo hard idea, and I think this is this is that Nintendo hard, but but not the negative. Not the, not the jank hardware. Yeah, not the negative side of Nintendo hardware. It's just, I mean, I'm kind of just mirroring what you just said, but uh, where it's just bad game design. It's hard where it's a challenge that you can learn and you can actually get better at it. Um, so, no, not essential. No, <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely essential. Okay, um, if, um, if Sean votes it in, then it will be an essential game. Sean? All right, so I come into this again... Uh, struggling not struggling but wrestling with the idea of what the essential games list means and when it comes to punch out um we already know that there is a super punch out i haven't really played too much of super punch out so i don't know if it is just a flat out better version of this game so i have to think about mike tyson's punch out as the only uh, punch out that I've ever played. Um, but regardless of whether one's better than the other, I think that the series as a whole itself is just a unique enough experience. But uh, regardless of whether one game is better than the other within the same series, I, since I've only played one, and I agree with everything that Sam and Joe has said about it in regards to how good this game is, so I won't reiterate. Uh, I think that this game is also essential, even if Super Punch-Out may be better. I haven't played it. There's a lot of things that make a game non-essential. I, th- I, I think I check off more boxes right off the bat when I start a game that make it not essential than would ever make me consider it being essential. I, I actually, when I judge these games, I actually think, why wouldn't this game be on the essential games list rather than why it should be on? Then there's certain games that are Nintendo-made games that are very well-known games in the history of video games. We've we've dealt with this a few times now with Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Metroid, and now Mike Tyson's Punch Out. These those were four. These are the four games that I think a lot of people just know that they're essential games, and it's up to us to kind of put our own spin on that. Even if you suspected that we were going to vote Super Mario Brothers in as essential or The Legend of Zelda in as essential, sometimes. You have played those games before. Sometimes you haven't. I didn't play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out before we started doing this. I honestly didn't even see too much of that game beforehand. I didn't I didn't know too, like how to play. I didn't see any videos that often. So entering this game for me was just a surprise in general because after playing for maybe four to five hours, I, I thought about what would I want to change in this game. And the things that I want to change in this game are not gameplay related. They're more like just quality of life improvements, like a practice mode or a save battery or maybe... You want more of this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe an option to choose who you fight next instead of just getting thrown into the same bracket each time. There's something about 
that component of it where I'm asking for more features, but not necessarily like, oh, I wish that punching mechanics would have worked this way, or I wish that you did have the freedom to move, or I wish that Little Mac was bigger in scale so I could do other things to my opponent. It doesn't matter because I'm not wishing for those things, and I think that that's the testament of an essential game. To what Sean was talking about when it comes to Super Punch-Out, the only thing I'll say there is... I don't have a problem with Punch-Out and Super Punch-Out being on an Essential Games list, just like I wouldn't have a problem with Super Mario Bros. 1 and possibly Super Mario Bros. 2, 3, World, all those other games being on the Essential Games list. Each game, at the end of the day, still speaks for itself, and I think that there is a difference between playing, say, a Pokemon Red and Blue over playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. You can say that Pokemon Sun and Moon are a million times better because they have a million more times content, but at the end of the day, there's a there's a certain atmosphere and polish to Red and Blue that Sun and Moon aren't going to offer. And that's the same thing here. There's a Wii game that takes Punch-Out and completely flips it with a Wii mode and a nunchuck, and you're actually controlling the character. And that sounds like an awesome boxing experience, but does it translate to a great game? I don't know. I didn't play it. But I did play uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on the NES, and I'm confidently going to vote that into the Essential Games list, not only because I think that's where it belongs, just based on its ability to play so well in 2019, but also just because the amount of polish it has over virtually every NES game we've played so far, besides, for me, Gradius, is just insane. I think this game is way more polished than, say, Super Mario Brothers. That was beautiful, Mike. So, uh, and, and when I say polished for Gradius, because I know I'm going to get some flack for that, I really want people to think about all of the the options and choices you have in Gradius. And I think that that's really, like, something that NES games just weren't offering. Legend of Zelda offers you an exploration that no other game can offer, but there are still some gameplay tweaks there that definitely could have been made, where, say, Gradius just... No matter how hard it is, is it's still great. Yeah, it's still good. It's it's great. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's it's games like that, and Legend of Zelda is on the essential games list. It's games like that that stand out for me. You know, we play maybe ten to eleven bad games in a row, and then all of a sudden we get fed one that's just like, wow, I definitely still want to play this. That yeah, makes one, the rest of the shit games worth it. Right. One day I'd love to beat Mike Tyson. I don't know if I ever will, but I definitely see this as a game I'll keep coming back to. I do go back to Balloon Fight. You know, that's a game that I voted essential, and I still play it. I still try to beat my high scores on that. And that's interesting because I'm not really a high score guy. So I think... <laughs> I feel like we just learned something about you. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing to me about the essential games list where I'm, I'm confident in my votes because I keep going back to those games. I felt like if I vote something in and I'm not feeling it, there is a chance that I'm going to uh, ask for it to be removed. All right. That's a thinly veiled threat, but I get it. <laughs> All uh, right. We are um, we are done with this week's episode. end of the day. Yeah. This has been a great episode. Are you happy? I'm very happy. How are you guys feeling? Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is Unanimous. an essential game. Unanimously. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I did want to mention, you said uh, if Sean had voted it in, it would have been essential. Have we officially changed our... our no, yeah, no was, I just keep forgetting. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. already essential. But Yeah, sorry. I keep forgetting that we, we had it at 50%. We definitely need to change uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of changing <laughs> But that's something year, we have but... to talk about, yeah, yeah, in our best of 87, which is an episode that's coming up relatively soon. We have a few more great games to get through, though. Uh, next week, we're doing Rad Racer. 
which is whether that's one of those games is is yet to be seen. Yeah, no, whether yeah, whether it's an essential game is anyone's guess, but it is a square uh soft game. So I think they were just going by square at that still point. Square, yeah. But uh that you know, that's all I have to tease about that. They made 3D Battles of World Runner, which was episode 59 if you want to go check it out. In that one, we weren't too hyped about it, but they did create a uh, a 3D on the NES. Whether it was, <laughs> a 3D. Yeah. You know, whether it was good or not, you be the judge. And that reminds me that you can always follow along with Nostalgia by uh, going to our Twitter account, at NostalgiaCast. We have a pinned post there that I update eh, about once a week. I'd like to update it twice a week, but I don't see the point, really, other than posting the same thing again. But essentially what I do is I just give you the next four games that are coming up, and that gives you a whole month to play the fourth game so definitely check out that list if you're looking forward to what's coming and want to play along with us Uh, we do our best here to describe how these games play but at the end of the day you're really going to need to at the very least watch a video to get the gist of these nes games they're abstract you know it's more fun to play than to listen to us describe the play and if you're ever concerned about going back to play older games that we've already uh touched on the podcast uh, you can always check out www.nostalgiacast.com. We have an episode section where we actually have a whole column dedicated to whether you should skip it, play it, or consider it essential. They have links. There are a lot of like, links to other pages on the page. Yes, absolutely, where we have in-depth thoughts. We have thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Several thoughts. Most of us think every second of our lives. At least once. But, but us... We only think on the website, and that's where you can find it. Yep. I, I have a, um, a secret URL on that website that uploads my conscious like stream wow. uh, of thoughts, and it's just like— How do you get that to work? It's, I had to put a microchip in my brain, but thankfully the government gave it to me free of charge. Oh. Yep. In other news, you can always reach us uh, via the contact— option on the website that's uh, at www.nostalgicast.com there's a little contact form you can fill that in hit the send or you can just email us at uh, nostalgiacast at gmail.com that's nostalgiacast at (laughs) gmail.com you can write a letter (laughs) to the website Uh, you can write a letter to the website uh, ask ask for like birthday performances we do those yeah uh, if you just put on the on your mail like on your envelope with no letter or Just anything like in Mike. it. No Mike. Mike from Nostalgia yeah, Cast. Mike from yeah. Nostalgia Cast. It'll, get, it'll find it right to him. It will probably come to me. Yeah. Is that All it? Right. All right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry if you listen to this back half, but you know the rules by now. You must <laughs> listen to the entire episodes because otherwise you wouldn't know this week's secret code word, which is <laughs> potato. Please uh, tweet me from only seven days from today. Tweet me potato, and I will send you a potato. 15 nostalgia bucks. Yeah, 15 <laughs> nostalgia bucks uh, that are redeemable on the store's website. Yes. The, we- the, the website. store's <laughs> website. <laughs> the store's website, uh, where, who knows, maybe you could purchase uh, a domain. <laughs> We're selling this, the podcast. Uh, any buyers... Yeah, uh, we only have one buyer right now. His name is John B. He's a legend (laughs) in the nostalgia circles. He uh, donates to the podcast every month. You don't have to, but we'll think less of you. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, John B. It's not that we think less of you. It's just that we think more of John B. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, We just think not more of you. The problem is, is that when I go to sleep at night. You know, I'm not thinking of all of the listeners. I'm just thinking about John B. <laughs> Who is no longer a listener uh, yeah. after this episode. Yeah. <laughs>
if it makes anybody feel better, I don't know what John B. looks like. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have for this episode. That's our end. Nostalgia. <laughs> Join us next time for Rad Racer. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. You can find Nostalgia on at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. And we will both be talking to you soon. Both. Me and the Nostalgia Cast <laughs> Twitter, which is also run by me, so you'll always be talking to me no matter what you do. Goodbye. <laughs>